the blood of Jesus. I tell you what, that is an exciting song. And I've looked, uh, looked forward to an opportunity to be able to use that a uh, little bit there as an intro. And this week turns out to be a good week. Um, so hopefully you liked it. Anyways, welcome to the Imperfectly Inspirational Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bowman. So glad to have you tuning in this week. If you haven't done so yet, go ahead and click the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, this way you get to hear all the newest episodes each and every week. And if you're looking for a little bit more inspiration throughout the week, head on over to Facebook, check us out, Imperfectly Inspirational. And I tell you what, in this day and age, you can't go wrong with a little bit more inspiration. Also, if you have an idea, a prayer request, or just want to say, hey, thank you so much for what you do, whatever it is you feel like, we'd love to get some comments down below on Spotify. And if you do not listen to us on Spotify, any other platform, you could just go to imperfectlyinspirational at gmail.com. Send us whatever you like to send us. We'd love hearing from those who listen to us each and every week. And with that, we're going to jump into the topic. So I remember growing up not having a lot of technology, not having access to the Internet or anything like that as a kid until I got older. So being in my mid-30s now, I grew up on that cusp of technology, basically where as a young child we didn't have much and being from a very rural area that we definitely were lacking compared to a lot of bigger cities. But I didn't grow up with anything uh, technology-wise until my late years of life, maybe you know, 10 to 15 is when things started to really come out more and those opportunities became more existent in my area. And I look at technology and realize, while there's things that it has its problems with and, you know, but overall, it's really simplified a lot of things that took a lot more work to get done. For example, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a meteorologist growing up until I discovered all the math needed. And I said, no. Um, but I remember looking at pictures back in the day of how they used to do, you know, their forecasting. And they would have all these big sheets of maps and different things showing the winds and the latitudes, all these different things. And that was difficult. That was time-consuming. There was a lot of manpower put in to a forecast. Whereas now there's still manpower, there's still a thought process, but it's done you know, on the computer. It takes so much time and effort out of that job. And while it's still a tough job, it makes it more simple. Just like any other job. There's, there's things that could be tough about the job still, but... Overall, the simplicity because of technology is phenomenal. I, I couldn't imagine even the job that I have now outside of this. I could not imagine doing that without technology. I would be writing things down five or six different times throughout the day and probably making a lot more mistakes. And so I'm grateful for technology. And But, but with that thought process in mind, I go and I think about salvation. And I think about what it was like back before the crucifixion and the resurrection, back before Jesus, what people had to do. And by no means am I saying that the, the death of Jesus and the resurrection is simple. I am not saying that at all. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is 
there was a time when people really had to go and slaughter the animals just to get atonement, not to be cleansed fully, but just atonement, to have their sins covered. Okay, they had to do all of this work. And I'll tell you today, I would guarantee you, if we had to do that today, I would be putting lambs on the endangered species list just for my own self. So I know that would be very impractical today. But I look at the fact that Jesus on the cross made our life so simple, made, made the connection to God a simple process for us. But there was so much involved in it to get us there. And sometimes we often forget where the connection to God, what or I guess you could say, what the connection to God went from being to now what it is, and that in the middle that took place, which was Jesus. Sometimes we forget what it really meant and what it really means to be saved. And today we're going to be reading out of 1 Peter. I'm going to read almost the whole chapter. We're going to start at verse 3. So here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls." Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that now have been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Now, we're going to read more in a minute, but I'm going to stop right there. Because I came across and kind of looking up some things that that whole bit that I read in the original Greek was one sentence. One part. Now, it's many verses. It's 3 through 12 in the Bible, but it is one big sentence. So I want us to look at that, that that is all put together. Peter was excited in writing this. But, so, let's look at this. Salvation. This, this thing that caused our life to be simpler, that not only gave us the, not the atonement of our sins. Understand that our sins are not atoned. Before the sins were atoned, they were just covered. And God said, all right, that's fine. 
But now we have the cleansing and the washing away of our sins because of Jesus Christ. This is exciting enough. But it says, listen here in verse 3, we're going to go through that. It says, Blessed be the good God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be, look at this word, born again to a living hope. What happens when you're born? Well, when you are physically born, you are born into a country. You're born with a citizenship. You belong to a place. You belong to your parents. You have a identity. You have a name. You have something that identifies who you are. Well, so to be born again, now you have a new citizenship. Your citizenship is that of heaven. You have a new father, a new representative in your life which is God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then now you are a new identity. You are something new. God now has taken you who was worthless. Literally, we are worthless. And made you something new. That is the grace of God. Before that was not able to happen with the atonement. But Jesus has paid that price to give us this connection to God, to be born again as citizens of heaven here. It says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Listen, if you inherit your parents' house or you inherit something in this world from a family member, your parents, whatever it may be, over time it is going to fade away. Over time, it is going to lose its value or need a lot of work to be kept up. But with God, the things that God has in store for you are, are priceless. They're never going to grow old. They're never going to uh, grow old. They're never, it says undefiled. There's no sin in it. There's nothing bad in it. The things that God's going to give you. How many people have inherited a house and is full of mold or, or something. See, these, these things that God's going to give you with the salvation are perfect. This is who by God's power being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be real, revealed in the last time. There's things we're not going to know until the end of days. Things we're not going to get until the end of days. But right now we rejoice. But understand, it says... You've been grieved by various trials. This, this is saying the salvation that God has given you, you are now totally different. You have been cleared from your past life. But listen, there are still things you're going to go through. It's going to test your faith. Why? I'm going to tell you that. Keep this in mind here. It's going to test your faith. Remember that. And it says, uh, more precious than gold, the perishes though it is tested by fire, right? So, keep this in mind. Test your face. Why? We'll find out in a minute. And it says, we love Christ, though we have not seen him, right? We love Christ, though we have not seen him. We know the disciples all saw Christ. They all got to experience him right then. And the people that Peter is writing to now, these people have not seen Christ. And even us to this day, we've not seen Christ, but we feel Christ, right? We feel the Spirit on us, those who have been saved, and we know that he is there. And we are excited, and we have this joy 
because it says you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. You ever have that moment? That's why I, I, I label this just makes you want to shout because there's a moment where you can't do nothing but just say, thank you, Jesus. Or, whoo! We got a lady at church, and that's her thing. She just goes, whoo! And I love it. It gets me excited. Pastor gets going, and she just says, whoo! I love it. Because sometimes you can't say nothing but just get excited about the presence of God in your life. It says, So you're filled with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now it says, Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, search and inquired carefully, inquiring to what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. He predicted the sufferings of Christ to and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things of that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news. So he's saying that these different things now you're hearing by people that have preached, that have, have, have learned and understood. But I, I want to jump down now to the next section. And this is where we're going to go to this. In verse 13, it says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And that's ending at 16 there. Let's go back up. Because it says, so that the tested genuineness, this is verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then that here it says, but he who called you is holy, so you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. See, what happens, and I wanted to get to this because I read a book, and it was called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And I tell you what, he made a point in this part, and it, it got me fired up, which is kind of the inspiration for this today. Christ, when he works in your life, demands perfection. C.S. Lewis gave this example that he used to hate to go. He had he bad, bad problems with his teeth, and he hated to go to his mom with a toothache because, well, at first it was okay. She would give him some medicine, and it would make him feel better, but then she would take him to the dentist. And they would go to the dentist, and there was always something more that needed to be dealt with. But at the end of the day, through pulling and plucking and scraping, the problem was fixed. But it took a lot of work and extra time to get there because it wasn't just the pain. It was a deeper problem. And this is Jesus in our lives. When we come to God, the goal is to make us as holy as we can be. Now, we can never reach the holiness of God. We cannot reach that level. But the goal is to try to reach as, perf as perfect as we can be by the time we're, we die. So we can be the best that we can be as we enter heaven. And Jesus does not just put a Band-Aid over the problem. He doesn't just give you pain medication to make it go away. He says, we are going to get this done right. 
So when you bring Jesus in your life and you say, I need to get rid of this problem. I need this to stop. I'm struggling here. God is going to really take you to the dentist. There's going to be some digging and some prodding and some things, some test of your faith, some test of whatever that situation is to help you heal it. And some people may say, no, my gosh, that's horrible. I cannot bear to have such pressure on my life. But that is the wonderful thing to know that you have somebody who cares and loves you so much and not only died on the cross for you to come to heaven and to be able to be one on one with the creator, to have that right to be able to be up there because we're not worthy of it. Nonetheless, the fact that not only did he die for us to give us that opportunity, but he loves us and believes in us enough to help us continue to grow. That is our God. Our God wants us to not only come to him, but we have to change who we fully are. Our actions have to be, I'm going to use the term perfect. We are imperfect. That's that's true. We're never going to get it right fully. But we got to try. Comparing yourself to God, trying to be like God is an impossible feat. But trying to be the best you can be is not an impossible feat. So with this salvation, with this excitement, we know Jesus. We've Peter, Peter's talking. We know Jesus. We're excited about this. But what do we do with this now? So going back to verse 13, prepare our minds for action, which... That in the Greek was girding up your loins. And they, they did this before they went to battle. A picture of a man with a robe, they kind of pick it up and kind of hold it up around their legs so this way they can move freely and, and fight in battle or do a lot of work or, you know, stuff like that. And have a clear mind, right? We want to be have a good mindset as we're going into this and follow the rules of God so we can be as holy as can be. And as we fail, because we inevitably are going to fail, in this process, but as we fail doing it, Jesus is going to be right there working with us to get us to that holiest point that we can be because he demands perfection and we have somebody who will not give up on us to make us the best that we can be. Not only did God save us from hell, but God is constantly fixing us to make us a better, a better person. And that is reason to shout. That is reason to be grateful. That is reason to say, you know what? This salvation thing is phenomenal. I don't have to slaughter lambs anymore or goats or anything like that. I don't have to do that. Now, the work I do have to do, I got to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I got to follow his authority. I got to listen to him. That's that's all phenomenal because not only are we now we not only now do we have a good guidance structure, but we don't have to slaughter. We don't have to worry about okay, was this cleared? Was this sin cleared? If we've asked for forgiveness, it is. That's the wonderful thing about our loving God. And let's go down to verse seventeen. Because we read 16, it says, As written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. It says, And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially, according to each one's deeds, 
conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without a blemish or a spot. Listen, this, this word ransomed in the Greek, it is, it is to buy a slave. That is, that is the inclination that is here. You are a slave. What were you a slave to? You are a slave to sin. You are a slave to the old ways of life. And in this case, he's talking about ransom from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. That's also saying uh, from the sin also, but from the way of having to do things now. Now you have the way, which is through Jesus Christ. But understand, God purchased you from something that you could have never escaped from yourself. You could have never escaped from that except from the fact of Christ. And listen, I don't know about you, but that just, I, I'm going to say it again. I've said it a lot of times. It makes you want to shout. Let's keep on going here. Verse 20, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of who? You, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. 22 here says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of God remains forever. And this is the word the good news that was preached to you. So, in summary, we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are to be excited about that. We are to understand where, where we came from. We are to understand that we are not worthy of it. We are to understand that our goal ultimately is to be the best that we can be through the guidance of Jesus Christ and follow that guidance, you cannot be a Christian and just sit idle. That is not what we are called to do. Don't be that lazy person at work that nobody likes. Be the one, right? We, that's not what we're called to be. We're not called to just say we're here and a Christian and just sit down. No, not only are we supposed to do all the actions and bear fruit in the sense of loving one another and charity and all these different things, but we are called to obey Christ in our own actions, in our own lives, and become better. The goal of our life is to become better and have the goal to be as Christ-like as we can possibly be, knowing that we can never hit the perfection, but mimic his behaviors. That's our job, folks. Be excited at the fact that we're saved. We're going to go to heaven. Everything that awaits us is pure, undefiled. There's nothing bad there. And in our lives, we are protected by God. Our souls are saved by God, and we don't have to worry anymore. I know this has gone on for a little while, but I'm just so happy. I'm so happy to tell you the salvation is here. And if you want it today, it is available to you with your true acceptance and repentant heart to Jesus Christ. 
and I hope and pray that you could join us as Christians if you're not saved and you're listening to this, that you could join us for this exciting thing that we call salvation and enjoy the peace and tranquility that we have in our lives, even though there may be hard times, that we know we got an indestructible, undefiled source that we could go to, full of love and grace and mercy. And folks, with that, I just want to say, praise God, I'm, I'm so happy. And, you know, God is good. And if you struggle with anything, if you struggle with, with, with faith or anything, dive into the Bible, dive into it. You're going to find that God's word will speak to you in ways you've never thought before. But if you don't struggle, that's awesome. But either way, let's strive to be better. All of us can be better in our own ways. Like I say each and every week, you got this, folks. You can do it. We can all be better together. And I love each and every one of you. I do. And I hope you all have a wonderful week.